0: I believe in the American people. I believe that our country values democracy. I think people are showing up that enthusiasm is really high.
1: Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. 48 days now until the most important election of our lives. Action is the best antidote for anxiety and we can all make a difference right now. It's National Voter Registration Week, so there is no better time to reach out to all of your family and friends and make sure they are registered to vote. And with that in mind, there is no better time to have a conversation with the woman who is leading the charge for the largest nonprofit, nonpartisan voter registration and get out the vote technology platform in America. That's right, it's the CEO of Vote.org, Andrea Haley. I'm Steve Pearson, and this is How We Win. What a week, everybody. I'm still flying solo here, so I want to go over some of the top news of the week, but I am so excited for you all to hear the interview with Andrea Haley. It was so hopeful and fascinating. Vote.org, of course, you know about that organization. Uh, they are everywhere doing all the things, especially when it comes to innovative ways of reaching young people. And first time, what I like to call uh, high potential voters, they're often called low propensity voters, I like to call them high potential voters, because that's what they are. Um, so I can't wait for you to hear that. Um before we do anything, though, I just want to send out all of our prayers and uh, and wishes to everyone experiencing Hurricane Fiona in Puerto Rico. If uh, you want to help out, there are some good places to do it online. Of course, the Red Cross is one of them, and unfortunately, it's not it's not been reported that much on the news. So I want to make sure that um, the people of Puerto Rico are on everyone's minds. Uh The other thing that I have to talk about is the human trafficking that has been done by a few Republican governors, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows about this horrific jaw-dropping story, DeSantis flying migrants Asylum seekers who have been fleeing uh, violence in their own country uh, with their families and children to Martha's Vineyard as a political stunt using human beings as political props in the most horrific way. Not just for photo ops, but literally dropping them off without any food, without any resources. We're finding out more about his probable criminal exposure in this Um and, uh, boy, I hope he is criminally prosecuted for this. The, the only point that I really want to talk about is we know what's at stake for the midterms. We know what's at stake in every election we have coming forward right now. It's hard, it's hard to wrap my head around how somebody could, could use human beings in this way and abuse human beings in this way. And, uh, you know, he was at a rally where he got a standing ovation too. So there's there's people who are okay with this kind of uh, inhumanity, but I know that's not us. So we need to show up. We know what the stakes are. We need to show up in record numbers. Let's make this the biggest freaking midterm turnout that we have had yet and show the MAGA Republicans and the fascists that we stand up. We stand for humanity and we stand for democracy. That's all I want to say about that. That story. But a couple other things that I really want to highlight that are important for us to know about because we've had uh, a news cycle that's been swallowed up by the passing of Queen Elizabeth and uh, and a lot of around-the-clock coverage of that. So I want to make sure that uh, everyone, first of all, knows that the Disclose Act is going to the Senate floor this week. Now, you've heard us talk about the Disclose Act before. We had Senator Sheldon Whitehouse on our podcast uh, a few months back. It's worth going back to listen to his interview because he's been leading the way on uh, shedding light on dark money uh, and also how that has bought and paid for our courts and the dark money that funds our courts. Uh, The Disclose Act is his bill. It it would require super PACs and certain other groups to disclose donors who contributed 10,000 or more during an election cycle. It's a measure that's doomed to fail due to the lack of Republican support. Uh, Chuck Schumer said the bill is slated for a Senate vote this week as Democrats seek to boost election transparency ahead of the November midterms after Republicans blocked more ambitious voting rights legislation earlier this year. The Disclose Act, if approved, would also require groups spending money on judicial nominees to disclose their donors. So – what can we do? What's our role in this? As always, you know, it's been a minute since we've asked you to call your senators, but now you have uh, another thing to call your senators about. Call them and tell them to pass the Disclose Act. Uh, sadly, the Republicans will block it, but let's get them on record. Let's make sure every Democrat, first of all, votes for this. Every Democrat should vote for this, but, you know, it cuts both ways. Some politicians don't want their funding to uh, to be have light shed on They don't want light shed on their funding. Uh, So let's make sure that our Democratic caucus is all voting for this, and then uh, Republicans are exposed for their lack of willingness to show where their money is coming from. The last story I want to talk about, this uh, definitely uh, got buried up by um, the Queen's passing, but there was uh, a threat of a... Um, railway strike, train workers strike that was derailed by our president. See what I did there? Uh, Unions and management reached a tentative deal early Thursday averting a freight railroad strike that had threatened to cripple U.S. supply chains and push prices higher for many goods. A statement from the White House called it an important win for our economy and the American people. About 20 hours of talks between the union's leadership and the railroad's labor negotiators was hosted by Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. They began their meeting Wednesday morning with the clock ticking down to a strike that had been set to start at 12.01 a.m. Eastern time on Friday. President Biden called in personally to talk to negotiators and stressed the catastrophic harm could come to families, businesses, and communities if the rail system shut down. Sources within the unions were giving Biden's call credit for helping to get the deal completed without a strike. This would have been disastrous for our country, uh, for the economy, and it's a big win for Biden. Biden uh, really stepped up. So what can we do? Uh, Let people know. Let's talk about that. Make sure people know that Biden averted this strike and kept the economy going. Uh, because it definitely got buried in the news. So let's let people know about that. All right, now it's time for this week's Hero of the Week. A really amazing story, an amazing hero this week. It's, of course, I hope you saw this in the news, Patagonia CEO Yvonne Chouinard. His spouse and two adult children are giving away their ownership in The Apparel Maker, he started some 50 years ago, dedicating all profits from the company to projects and organizations that will protect wildland and biodiversity and fight the climate crisis. The company is worth about $3 billion, and he's a hero. His wife and two adult children, as I said, are also heroes because they're doing this all together. Uh, Patagonia tweeted out, instead of going public, You could say we're going purpose. Instead of extracting value from nature and transforming it into wealth for investors, we'll use the wealth Patagonia creates to protect the source of all wealth. So all proceeds, all money raised from products sold at Patagonia are now going to these trusts that they have set up to fight uh, the climate crisis. I can't think of uh, a better way to live your values. It's remarkable. It's always been a great company that's put uh, the planet and people and uh, humanity first. Uh, Now they are literally doing it with with all of the money. And um, I believe he had made a statement once that any billionaire is – the uh, the fact of any billionaire is a failed policy, and he really didn't like being called a billionaire, so he is a billionaire no more. Thank you to Yvonne Srinard, the CEO of Patagonia. You are our hero of the week. Okay. For this week's to-do list, first of all, you're going to want to listen to the whole interview with Andrea Haley because she gives us all kinds of really, really great to-do items um, around voter registration and voter engagement. Um, So uh, a place to start for that is to go to vote.org. We've been telling you over the last month to do that, to check your registration, to make sure your friends and family are registered to vote, Um, if you're eligible to vote for the first time, if you're a new citizen, uh, if you live in a state that may have been purging voting rolls, just make sure you are registered to vote. Um, There's also voter registration events uh, all week long and this weekend. So go to vote.org and check out what's going on, get involved. Let's see if we can help them meet their goal to register a, a, a million new voters by the midterms. Um, also, I mentioned earlier, call your senators to tell them to pass the Disclose Act. I'll say it again. Uh, let's make sure the senators know that this is important to us. This is fundamental to our democracy, is that we know who is actually funding the politicians uh, and the Supreme Court justices that are making policy. And lastly, uh, the How we Win Fund. You know, once again, you guys – I'm just going to segue right into my reasons for hope because – The How We Win Fund is our reason for hope this week. You guys, you did it. We have reached... $100,000 $100,000 donated to this fund and uh, it happened very quickly this week thanks to some engagement from the Palmer Report thank you uh, the Stephanie Miller Show um, and uh, and all of our friends and partners uh, Mueller She Wrote of course Allison Gill the MSW Media Family of Podcasts Midas Touch everyone who has been contributing and pushing out this fund we had a big week doubled up and uh, have hit our goal of 100000 already. So, you know, we're uh, 48 days out and, uh, and we still have a lot of work to do. So I can't wait to see where we end up with this fund. Keep sharing it. That's dot com. As always, I'll have all of these links for you in the show notes. So you can click on those and share them with your friends and family. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. It gives me so much hope. Over 1,500 individual donations have come in for this fund from all over the country. It is so great to see this kind of engagement. It gives me boundless hope for what we're going to do in the midterms. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. That's all from me. Now let's hear from Andrea Haley of Vote.org. Andrea Haley is the CEO of Vote.org, the nation's largest nonpartisan digital voter engagement organization. Prior to joining Vote.org, she served as the founder of Civic Engagement Fund, an incubator for grassroots nonprofit organizations focused on voter empowerment and engagement. And in addition to leading Vote.org... Andrea sits on the boards of Naral and Bend the Arc and is a member of the Society of Fellows for the Aspen Institute. That's a lot. I don't know where she gets all the time, but I'm grateful that she's here with us today. Thank you for joining me on your busiest day of the year, National Voter Registration Day.
0: Happy to join you. Thank you so much for having me here today.
1: Yeah, so much to talk about, um, but I always like to get a little uh, origin story from our guests before we dive right into it. Um, you launched your career on Capitol Hill, but when did you get started in politics? What drew you into action to begin with?
0: I think I've always, um, uh, I've, I've always been interested in civic engagement and in community. I see politics really as connection to community. Um, how do people make their voice heard? How do you prioritize what you value in your community? Um, and I think that, you know, coming from a family specifically around voting that is affected by, uh, voter suppression, I just never questioned, um, being involved. I knew that these were all rights that could slowly get rolled back and that it would affect me and my family and, and the people that I love, um, and their ability to, to participate in community and in government. So, um, it's sort of, came naturally to me. I was a little kid who always went with their parents to the polls. Uh, My parents were often poll workers. Um, So I think that that uh, that is, you know, that's sort of how I got started in this work. And then working on Capitol Hill, I really loved being able to work in constituent services, um, helping people to, you know, connect with the office and to get their needs um met and then from there kind of got addicted to campaigns and elections and so for anybody out there who works in campaigns and elections knows that it can really you always say okay one more race one more time and um now i'm i'm so happy to be head of vote.org and helping people engage with registering to vote and getting out to the polls uh, all day every day
1: twisted, dark, and wonderful world to get addicted to. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. All of the darkness and the amazing community and uh, the uplifting, it's just all of the things. So... Um, And, of course, you're leading Vote.org, which is pretty much a household name, uh, especially for our listeners. Um, You led Vote.org to record-breaking growth during the 2020 general election and the Georgia runoff elections. These numbers are really impressive, helping more than 4.4 million people register to vote and more than 3.3 million request mail-in ballots and – Leading a 50 state get out the vote operation, which made over half a billion voter contacts across the country. That is cray cray. Uh, For anyone (laughs) that doesn't know exactly what vote.org is or what you do, what is at the core of vote.org's mission?
0: Vote.org, we are a site where you can register to vote, where you can check your polling location. We're in all 50 states. We have the information that people need to be able to access. Uh, their vote. Uh, We really work hard to lower the barriers to voting, um, make voting uh, accessible and uh, reachable for, for everyone across the nation. So we have several different programs. We have our Get Out the Vote program. We have election reminders people can sign up for. Um, we have our election day.org program, which helps companies to give paid time off to vote. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have over a thousand companies that joined us affecting over 1.8 million workers across the nation last election cycle. We're really excited for the relaunch of that. And we specifically, um, love working with young voters and really making sure that young voters get on ramped into our democracy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. As I just said, you were extremely successful in 2020 uh, in a world where campaigning was purely virtual. at least most campaigning were. There were some Republican campaigns who didn't care about people's health care and, and went out and knocked on doors. But um, for most of us, it was virtual. Now we have a hybrid approach to our work. Um, are there some new programs that you're excited about for the midterms? I know you have a $10 million investment in your Vote Ready campaign to register young voters. How are you, how are you reaching them right now?
0: Yes, we're so excited about the Vote Ready campaign. Um, We are reaching voters through many different um, tactics. So one of the things that changed during the pandemic, um, we usually advertise on campus newspapers, um, the election dates, things like that. Because one of the papers that is still read by everyone are papers on campuses. Um, But we didn't know if students were going to be on campuses or not. And so we started working with Uh, student leaders, athletes, anybody who had large social media followings at their school to make sure that they posted the information so that their peers would see it. That program was wildly successful and impactful. So we decided to not only keep it, but to scale it. So this year we'll be working with students all across the country, making sure that they are posting the information that all of their peers need. Um, and we found that when this information comes from trusted voices, mm-hmm. then, um, then people are more likely to go ahead and take an action. So that's one of the things we're doing. We also are on terrestrial and streaming, uh, radio, um, programs. Um, we are running, a, a, a test right now on, um, podcasts and, um, making sure that we're, <laughs> exactly. Making sure we're we're meeting listeners where they already are. Mm-hmm. I think that is really the key. And that's definitely the key in this. Um, as we take these hybrid approaches, uh, we have partnerships with all sorts of organizations like um, the NAACP with um, uh, um, CW uh, who's putting out yeah. today uh, vote ready ads for people and nice. PSAs um, so we're working with a ton of influencers. I know Taylor Swift just posted earlier today, and we usually see um, high registrations what? right after she posts. Vote. Swift our just org. posted.
1: Oh my gosh, she she blew that up in uh, it wasn't twenty twenty. Was was it twenty eighteen where she did one tweet that registered like two million people or something ridiculous.
0: She did it again in 2020, and she just did it again this morning. So I was literally just on the phone asking for the numbers. Um, So we find that a combination of these strategies, whether they're large Scale influencers like Taylor Swift or micro influencers. Everybody can be a vote captain or an influencer in their community. Um, so we've, you know, gone state by state and school by school to look at who could shout ab- about voting from the rooftops and registration from the rooftops to get as many people to participate as possible. Um, then we'll scale before the election uh, to tell people about early voting via text message, email. Um, so for many people, what they'll start to do is hear from vote.org over and over and over again. Um, you might, you know, listen to Spotify or Pandora and hear us, then you're going to hear us again. we we'll receive a text message from us, then you'll receive the email from us. You'll see somebody at your, you know, in your community posting about, uh, election day and about vote.org. And the idea is to go ahead and put those messages out there as many times as possible and encourage people to use the tools, um, and to participate.
1: That's so great. And, um, you know, your your point about, you know, I was kind of joking around, not joking around about Taylor Swift. It's an incredibly powerful platform that she has, and it's great that she uses it. But your point that we are all influencers is really important too, because uh, the relational organizing component of this you know reaching out to friends and family that you're already a trusted messenger to especially for young people like if you can harness that power within your own group uh then you're an influencer you can really make a big impact um i saw that you have developed a partnership with ok cupid the dating app <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was really cool that sounded really exciting to me um, not the dating part. I'm happily married, but I, I've been I've been thinking about like dating apps and uh, and VR games um, and and platforms like that as a way to reach young people who, as you said, with the you know, problems with the on-campus newspapers or just newspapers in general, they're not consuming traditional media and they're definitely not answering their phones. They they don't actually talk on the phone at all. <laughs> I have a 20-year-old daughter. I know this so. Um, what what does this uh, partnership look like with OKCupid? How do, how does that work?
0: Um, yes, it's so. This goes back to meeting people where they already yeah. are, <laughs> right. um, and we we're so <laughs> we were so excited that the team at OKCupid really cares about civics and about community and about voting and providing you know nonpartisan information to people. And so they've decided to partner with us and and you know make sure that people have a area where they can you know register to vote. Um, you know, through the app itself. And I think that, you know, what better way people are spending all of this time really investing in their love lives. They can also now invest in their, um, you know, com- the community that they want to build those love lives in. So mm-hmm. we're excited about that and a whole host of um, partnerships really um, that, you know, working with these platforms where people are already spending all of their time and really just integrating voting as a key component into those, you know, platforms. We also have launched um, partnerships with Reddit and with Pinterest. Um, you know, we have more partnerships coming up down the down the road that are really exciting. Um, we just launched with Nextdoor as well. Hmm. Um, so Nextdoor worked with us in the you know twenty twenty cycle is really interesting. They we had a partnership where they you could volunteer to let people use your printer because in some states you have to actually print out your registration right. form and sign it with you know pen and ink and so um for anybody who didn't have a printer because printer ownership in the United States um is down and especially yeah. among younger people yeah. you know from millennial generation down less than half the half the people own printers so next door made a map and they um w- where you could volunteer to print this information out for your neighbors which is great and we're going to do a lot more work with them in the future so it's we worked with Harnessing WhatsApp to the power
1: make- of next door for good. I love that. <laughs>
0: <We hear laughs> exactly. so,
1: I don't want to slam your partner, but I, we hear so many negative stories from next door. So I'm glad that they're doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are. WhatsApp um, worked with us to create a voter resource bot so people can ask voting questions right there in WhatsApp. Um, and that was really exciting. Um, so, you know, and then we had TMZ partner with us in 2020, they ran voter registration on their site, wrapped the entire site in vote.org, um, related advertising, and then you could click on it and it would take you to registration and they generated quite a bit of registration. So it is funny, but you, you know, working, we work, we try to work directly with platforms where, you know, people are already visiting in high volumes.
1: It's spectacular. All right. So I have, I have like, when I was... Looking at the OkCupid stuff and thinking about these these alternative ways of, of as you say, meeting people where they are, um, I had a dumb idea. And I'm just going to say it because I've got the CEO of Vote.org. So it's, it's either stupid or genius, but you can use it. Um, Uber and Lyft have been offering free rides to the polls on Election Day uh, over the last couple of cycles. What if you partnered with them to also register voters? Now, I realize... In different states, this is a huge problem because like in Texas, for instance, you have to be deputized. it will never fly there. But in some cases, it could be a simple iPad and someone gets in their Uber and the Uber driver says, are you registered to vote? And hands them the iPad and they can do it right there and from the comfort of their ride to wherever they're going.
0: I love that idea. I think that's a great <laughs> idea, Uber and Lyft. If you're listening, call me. Um, I think that I think that is a fantastic idea. I think that people spend a lot of time. I mean, I think yeah, ride sharing services. Um, and depending on where you are, like places like New York, you're in the taxi like mm-hmm. uh, a fair amount too. I think that I think that's a great that's a great idea. We had we did see partners like Delta um, uh, a few years ago put up you know, on the screens in front of, you know, where people were sitting on a flight, put up uh, voting information. You could go register to vote, That's which smart. is great. And I've seen people, you know, different hotels do that too. I've seen some um, retailers uh, put up uh, kiosks where you vote that word kiosks where you can go um, and register to vote. So Saks Fifth Avenue did that. Um, but I do, think, I do think that there are, you know, there are a lot of great partnerships out there if we can really think so traditionally we have told young people in this country, like you need to do it our way come, you know, and not we at vote.org, but just the civic structure hasn't done a lot of outreach. Um, But young voters don't have um, what's called a high propensity score because much like credit, they haven't, you know, it's, you have to vote many, you know, a few times before you have a high, before you're considered a likely voter. Um, And because of that, Campaigns on both sides of the aisle don't really reach out to young people in the same um, in the same way because they're busy reaching out to what they think will only be the likely um, voters. Our theory is young people just need to be asked, and you need to make it accessible. Um, and so uh, that is, you know, that's what we try to do, and that's why we work with so many different platforms to integrate voting information and meet people where they are instead of saying, actually, you just need to come do it our way and meet us over here. I mean, I yeah. can ask somebody to vote you know, as many times as I want to, but when you hear that from a trusted source, a trusted right. brand, a trusted, you know, um, uh, partner, it has a whole different layer of impact. So you just kind of take, um, we, we take ourselves out of it and, and really ch- just think about what is the voter's experience? What is the young person's experience forward from the moment that they want to register to the moment that they actually make it to the ballot box?
1: Yeah. So exciting. Well, um, We've seen uh, a lot of increased engagement by volunteers, certainly, um, positive polls for Democrats lately, uh, an increase in voter registration, especially by women since Roe was overturned. Um, So there's a lot of momentum, positive momentum for Democrats. Uh, There is still a lot to overcome. Um, you've been working on, you mentioned your your family facing voter suppression uh, as, as one of the impetuses for you to get involved in civics to begin with. Voter suppression efforts by Republicans have ramped up. It's making it harder for some citizens, of course, mostly black and brown Americans to register and vote. Um, how do we support our citizens and ensure that everyone has equal and unfettered access to the ballot right now? Um, 2020 was a challenge. It's going to be even harder than that uh, in 20, in the midterms in November for people to vote.
0: I think, um, yeah, on the heels of historic turnout in the presidential election, where we saw the highest turnout in this country that we've seen in 100 years, right. when we should have been celebrating this big achievement of democracy, instead we saw voter suppression bills crisscross the nation. Um, and we saw many states pass voter suppression bills that will make it um you know challenging for programs like ours to get people from that registration moment all the way to the ballot box um and i think that we have to recognize in this country now we have two types of people like take it out of the partisan lens we have um people who believe in a healthy and thriving democracy and people who believe in some other style of government that is not a, a democracy where everyone can't have their voice heard. And I'll, call I think it,
1: that, I'll call it fascism, but you're, I, you know, <laughs> you may not be able to do that, but I will.
0: <laughs> so, so I think, you know, I think the the way to counter that is to continue to show up to show up the um, presidential cycle, the midterm cycle. Usually, there's 15 percent drop off in midterms. I don't mm. think we're going to see that this election cycle. I think the American public is awake, and the only way um, that we can keep you know, keep the momentum and keep a healthy democracy is to make sure that we're all doing our part. Wake up every day thinking, what can I build, create, or do? How do I, who can I contact to make sure that they're registered today on National Voter Registration Day? How do I make sure that I have my vote plan together um, for how to, you know, participate? In states that have passed these laws, you really want to make sure that, you have a plan to you know i live in indianapolis indiana for instance and we are um not a great state when it comes to voting and so my team saw me stand in seven to eight hour lines Mm. um as the head of vote.org at my local polling location and like many americans um i had to go back to work i couldn't just stand there every single you know uh, for all the seven hours and so um but luckily i had made a plan to vote early so I went out there days in advance, um, and when I couldn't vote because the lines were too long, I went back home, I went back to work, and then I showed up the next day hoping um, that maybe the line would be a little shorter the next day. It took me three days until I had the opportunity to vote, but if I had just shown up on election day— then um, the chances of me getting voter suppressed uh, in real time would have you know, been greater. So hmm. I think that um, and not getting to not actually getting to cast my ballot would have been greater because, you know, that that would have been it. So I think that for a lot of people out there, you just have to register them. you have to encourage everyone, you know, to know the laws in their state. Go to vote.org, check out when you can start early voting, look to see if you can vote by mail, um, depending on the state that you live in. Um, And then think about what you could do. Talk to your employer about giving paid time off to vote to everyone um, uh, and signing up for our electionday.org program. Um, You know, I think think all of us have a role to play. Like like we said earlier, everybody is an influencer. Um, So making sure that you really take on that responsibility of being the vote captain for your community, your block, your neighborhood, making sure everybody has the information that they need. I think enthusiasm is the only way we keep um, a healthy democracy. Volunteering to go to polls and work as a poll worker is really important um, so that we can keep those polling locations open and the people who need um, need the, that kind of access have it. So I think those those are the things we can do, but I think we all just have to realize that it's protecting our democracy. It's going to take, it'll never feel, everything you do won't feel like enough, no. but all of it is important. And so we're all going to have to really um, you know lean into the moment and think about uh, think about some of the things that I just named and make sure that we're doing them
1: that's amazing um, I was just gonna ask you what we can what can we do and you gave us a whole bunch of great stuff that we can do um, and I uh, I guess it starts with going to vote.org and finding those resources there Um I'm going to ask you one more question, and you uh, kind of set addressed some of this on, on your last answer, too, but um, it's a question that we finish all of our interviews with, and that's what gives you the most hope right now?
0: Ooh, what gives me the most hope is that we are seeing twice the amount of engagement that we saw in the last midterm election um, on the site right now. Mm. That tells me that it's not just our team at Vote.org that's excited about the upcoming elections, but that <laughs> um, that many people all across the country out there are really excited. The momentum's building. We saw a 1,000% increase in registrations coming out of Kansas um, right after the Supreme Court uh, overturned Roe. We saw 500% increase in 10 other states and over 300% increase in registrations nationwide. Um, what gives me hope is that I believe uh, in the American people, I believe in the American people. I believe that our country values democracy. I think people are showing up that enthusiasm is really high. Our site, about sixty percent of the people who use our site are 35 and under. That tells me we're on ramping a new generation into our democracy. And then every time I go out and do events um, or we host dinners or anything. It's always full and people always have so many questions. And that tells me that, you know, also, I think that, that everybody who shows up for vote.org gives me, gives me a lot of, um, a lot of hope because I know that we're not just like all alone out here in our little zoom squares. So um, (laughs) I think that's, I think that, that is it. And I, I'll end with this, which is, I, I had the privilege of before John Lewis passed away, he hosted, um uh every year a group that would go down to selma and walk the bridge with him and we would discuss you know the the fight of the civil rights um heroes and he he said you know and I was thinking about it and I was like civil rights movement is really now the heart of the larger democracy movement Mm. and we're all seeing how truly interconnected we are but I asked him um back then I was like what is the what is the one thing that you did um uh that that you all did that we are not doing now? What is the one, and I don't know mm-hmm. why I thought I was naive enough to think there's a silver bullet out there, but <laughs> I said, what, what was the one thing? The meaning and of he life. Said, exactly, 100% question. <laughs> I had my little pen and paper and I was so excited to write down his answer. And I was like, we're going to get all these tactics that we can use to make sure everyone can vote. And he said, you have to keep your joy. And mm. I wrote that down and I didn't know what he meant. And I was like, wait, how do I how do I keep my joy? What is the thing? How do I spread joy? What what, this joy thing? What is it? And you know, now a few years, um, in and, and, uh, some wild election cycles under our belts. I, I certainly know what he meant, which is, um, you have to keep your joy. And at the end of the day, that joy and enthusiasm that will, um, I think that will prevail and that will help us to, to maintain a healthy and thriving democracy as, um, everyone goes to the polls. So Um, This has been a joyful conversation. That gives me fun. And I just, you know, but I think I think that is probably the biggest lesson um, that I've learned and seeing so many people so full of joy doing this work is what keeps me going.
1: That's amazing. That's the best answer I've, I've heard in a long time actually and it goes back to what I was kind of tongue in cheek joking about this work being so horrible and demoralizing but also joyful you know and this you know this work is existential and uh, it's it can be brutal and exhausting at times but this community that we find ourselves in partnership with uh, is so uplifting and so joyful and uh, I'm grateful for that and I'm so grateful to be able to meet great leaders like yourself Uh, Andrea Haley, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This is How We Win. We win when we all get involved. Don't forget to go to Vote.org to check your voter registration. Make sure your friends and family do it. Uh, We want to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com or tweet to us at HowWeWinPod, or tweet to me at BluesBoySteve. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods and share our show with your friends and family. There is always work to be done, so we will be back with some more next Wednesday. See you then.